Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is an episode we were hitting double figures. It's episode 10. Now, I'm having a bit of a brainstorming day today. I've written down on my piece of paper all my stuff I need to do this week before I go off to the caravan for the weekend. Um, and I am going to churn out a few podcast episodes and they're going to be very specific. Um, this one is going to be a super cool topic because I post a lot of things on social media that, hmm, not hate, I'm not going to say they get a lot of hate, but they get a lot of kind of negative responses. And I don't know what it is people are trying to do. I don't know if, if they're trying to annoy me or upset me or they think they're hurting my feelings or something. You know, but anytime I post anything remotely Slimming World related like I did last week, people then come in and say, oh, what about calorie counting then? What about calories? I'm like, yeah, what about them? What is it you're actually asking me? Because they seem to have some uh, idea that, you know, what I do is just calorie counting. And then that's based on what their maybe uh, knowledge and experiences with calorie counting is, are, is. Uh, I did, uh, I've got another Instagram account, or I did have another Instagram account, and it's just called at the Monroe Method. I changed my phones and I lost access to it, and I'm sick about it, because it was my educational platform where every day I went on and I did a live for 10 minutes, and then I shared it as uh, an IGTV, and it was great, and I loved it. And in this episode, one of the most watched ones, I basically said that calorie counting doesn't work and people lost their minds because that's what they think I do. That's what they think I do with everyone. It's just calorie counting. As I said in the last episode, if you listen to that one, you know, calories, macros, these are such an, an insignificant part of the puzzle um, behind the reasons that you have weight to lose or that you repeatedly find yourself in a position where you have weight to lose. They are such a minor part of the the thing as a whole. And like I said last time, that's why I find it so difficult to put into words everything that I do to help the people I work with. So today, let's just keep this focused on one single topic. Why calorie counting doesn't work. Should probably add a caveat to that for some people. So picture the scene. You are currently overweight or you are gaining weight um, and you, you, you've you got an idea that maybe you want to try and lose some weight, you've maybe thought about calorie counting and the problem is that you know that anytime you've went on a diet before or maybe when you've tried counting calories before you have some idea, some conception that you have to eat less, okay? Now while that is true, it doesn't always apply in terms of food volume. So when people say eat less, I know what they mean. They mean eat less food. But that's not always the case. What you need to do is eat less energy. And that's not the same as eating less food per se. Um, because I'm always conscious of like assuming knowledge. So I'm just going to assume that we're going right back to the absolute basics here. You know, if you are gaining weight or you have gained weight, it is because you are consuming more calories than your body needs. Your body uses a certain amount of energy each day that varies from day to day. And the food that you consume is the energy 
That's what a calorie is. A calorie is a unit of measurement. It measures the energy contained within the food and drink we consume. The energy, the food and drink that you consume that contains calories is the fuel that feeds that fire. So we're talking about, you know, when people are always talking about burning calories, the the calories that you are burning are the calories that you consume. So if you are gaining weight or you have gained weight, it's because you are consuming more energy than your body needs. I said to a friend recently, because I can, because he's a friend, um, you know, he couldn't understand why his weight wasn't coming down. He says, I barely, you know, I hardly eat all day. I don't eat a breakfast. I have a sandwich for my lunch, maybe a packet of crisps, and then I have my dinner. And I'm like, right, okay. If that was actually happening, then you would be losing weight. So what else do you eat? Oh, I eat a couple of things at night watching TV. I'm like, yeah, you must be eating loads of stuff in front of the TV. And he's like, well, yeah, it can be. And, you know, what I explained to him was, You are eating like an Olympic athlete to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Now, eating to fuel a marathon, it it should be a physical marathon, not a Netflix marathon. But that's, you know, jokes aside, that is essentially what people do. They consume an amount of energy that exceeds their amount of activity. That's what it is. You are eating like someone who is doing, you know, burning 3,000 calories a a day while you're actually burning 2,000, okay? And that's what we call a calorie surplus. And a, a calorie surplus over time leads to fat gain. That energy has to go somewhere. If you put petrol in your car, the only way that you can get rid of the petrol in the car is to drive it. Nothing else can happen. If the car sits there, the petrol just sits there. It can't just disappear. It, well, it does evaporate over time very, very slowly, but forget that. Um, it can't go anywhere. It has to be used. And if it isn't used, then it just stays there. That is basically what happens with body fat. When, when you consume energy, you have to use it or you store it. So if you don't use it, it then eventually becomes body fat. I say eventually because you consume energy you temporarily store it as muscle glycogen. So, you know, we don't we don't use all the energy we consume instantly. You don't eat a 400 calorie meal and instantly burn 400 calories. It gets converted and stored temporarily as glycogen. And what happens then is you so you eat your breakfast, let's say it's 400 calories and then that's you until lunchtime. Now from that 8 a.m. breakfast until 12 p.m. lunchtime Let's say you're burning, I don't know, what do I burn? 100, let's say you're burning 126 calories an hour. Just being at work, being alive, going about your day-to-day business. So those 400 calories you had for breakfast, each hour you're getting through a piece of it. And you're, you, you, you know, you're tapping into those muscle glycogen stores, which are your instant energy stores, and you're using it up. If you are in a calorie surplus, though, you're having your breakfast and you're, I don't know, maybe it's six, seven, eight hundred calories, right? And then you're using your hundred odd calories an hour for four hours, but you've not used everything that's there. And then it's lunchtime and then you're putting more on top of that. And then it's dinner time, and you're putting more on top of that. These, these stores 
they're not endless, they're not limitless. There's only so much you can put in. And once you get to the point where there is nowhere else for energy to go, then you will start to convert this stored energy into body fat. That is how you gain body fat, okay? So before I went off on that tangent, the point I was getting to was, someone's about to start a diet and they have this idea that they're going to have to eat less. And that's what they try to do. And let's say they decide to try calorie counting, right? They've heard a lot about it. It's very popular, calorie deficit and all that stuff. They want to give it a try. So they count. this is such, such a bleeping important thing to understand here, okay? Before anyone goes attempting to calorie count. People don't get this at all. Let's say that you are burning 2,000 calories a day. You are, you're not necessarily overeating, you're not intentionally binging or, you know, snacking excessively. You are just hungry pretty frequently. Um, so you have your breakfast, a couple hours later, you're hungry. So you have a snack, then it's lunchtime. A couple hours later, you're hungry again, so you have a snack. And then it's dinner time, and then the same again at night. So you're burning 2,000 calories a day, but by the time we add up everything that you've eaten in a day, and again, you're not overeating, you're not intentionally excessively snacking you're getting hungry and you're responding to that hunger and you get to the end of the day and you've had 2600 calories 600 more than you needed and the only reason that's happened is you've been hungry you've responded to that hunger you're consistently gaining weight people in that position then can't understand how they are going to possibly eat less when what they are eating, they already need to resolve that hunger. And that's where this idea of, well, to, to, be, to diet, to be able to lose fat, I'm going to have to starve myself. I'm going to have to make myself more hungry than I am in an effort to eat less. And that's not how we need to approach things at all. Because if someone is hungry frequently, there is probably uh, an issue with the quality of their diet. So probably, I'm sure I've probably banged on about this in every episode so far, but when it comes to macros, macronutrients, uh, protein, carbs, fats, protein is the most satiating, and I don't want to be patronizing, but satiating means uh, filling, in case anyone doesn't know. Um, protein is the has the highest satiety rating of the three macronutrients, meaning that it will fill you up fastest for longest, okay? And one of the biggest problems that we have in the UK, two of the biggest problems in the UK, um, fiber isn't a macronutrient per se, but you can kind of count it. Um, Fiber has a similar effect to protein in terms of uh, promoting fullness and satiety. The kind of recommended daily levels for fibre is around 30 to 50 grams a day for adults in the UK. That's considered a healthy range in order to stave off future disease, keep a healthy digestive system and many other things. The average intake in the UK is 15 grams per day. Now that's the average, okay? Now whenever anyone talks about the average, um, you always have to keep in mind that. There are people consuming more than that, yes, but there are also people consuming less than that. One of the things that I say to my guys when we're working together is that 
uh, when, they, when they work through the information in the introduction, we have a, a section dedicated to fibre. And I kind of give the recommended levels for everyone. So the recommended level for two to five-year-old children is 15 grams plus per day. So that just gives you some kind of context on what level most adults in the UK are operating at if 15 grams a day. I think it was 15 in women and 18 in men, or it might have been the other way around, I forget exactly. But on average, adults uh, compiled together, it was 15 grams a day. So we have low-quality, unsatisfying diets. I don't know what the stats are on protein. All I can say is from my experience that no one is ever eating enough protein. Most people I work with will come in, I will tell them what... So in case you don't know, the RDA, the recommended daily allowance, I hate that bloody term, is a recommended daily allowance. Recommended daily... Or is it an RDI, recommended daily intake? It might be an RDI. Anyway, um, there there is a bare minimum level that we should be aiming for in order to avoid deficiency. Now, if you think about that, that is absolutely scraping by on the bare minimum. So that's 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. Um, I don't get anywhere near that because that's that's survival numbers and we're not about just surviving. I want my guys to be thriving, um, especially in a calorie deficit when protein becomes more important because we need it to help us retain muscle mass um, whilst maintaining a calorie deficit. Topic for another time. So when most people come to work with me, this is a good way to explain it. When most people come to work with me and we start you know, we get, go through all the stuff and we start tracking and we get to the first two weeks. Now, some people will have a, they'll get off to a very quick and great start and they'll adopt the things that you've been teaching them and telling them and they'll apply it pretty quickly. And then many other people like to do it a bit differently. So they'll take baby steps. Um, so they'll say, I didn't really want to overwhelm myself at the start. I've just tried to calorie count. So they've not paid attention to macros. They've not paid attention to the quality of their diet. They've not really looked into the whole protein and fiber thing yet. They've just counted calories. And it's great. See, to be honest, what I would love to do with every single person I work with, I would love them not to focus on fat loss for the first two weeks. I would just love to get them to track what they normally eat for a fortnight. It doesn't fly though. It doesn't sell. People do not want to do that. If If someone is coming to work with you to lose weight, they want to do it. No, um, but I would love to be able to do that. I would love to be able to see what their eating habits look like currently tracked in my fitness pal or NutriCheck. Because uh, like the people I'm about to talk about, you know, those that say, I just wanted to count calories for the first fortnight. I love that. And that's why, because I get to see what their eating habits were like previously. And then straight away you can see, yeah, I can see why you've gained weight because your diet is very high in fat. Now, I said this in the last episode, but when I talk about highs and lows, I'm talking relative to the balance of that specific person's nutrition. Um, because high fat diet isn't a big deal. A high carb diet isn't a big deal. A high protein diet is, isn't a big deal. However, when we look at an individual, things can be high and low in potentially negative ways so what i would see is so i'm looking at this person's tracking their carbs will be very high their protein will be pretty low their fiber will be almost non-existent and their fat will be very high that is 
a low quality, unsatisfying diet that lacks filling power, quality, as I said. Um, and straight away, I'm like, God, I can help this person so bloody easily. You are going to do brilliantly here because all we need to do is slide those carbs down a bit, slide those fats down a bit, teach you how to consume more protein, teach you how to consume more fiber. And when we do that, not only will you start to feel fuller, not only will you start to fill up on less food, not only will you uh, start story, stop snacking in between mealtimes, your calories are also going to come down. And that's how we stick to a calorie deficit. So if you, if you, most people do have high protein, high carb, high fat diets, okay? And it's fat where most of the calories come from because there are four calories in a gram of protein and in a gram of carbohydrates. There are nine calories in a gram of fat. That's why it's so easy for things like olive oils, vegetable oils, butters, cheese, etc. Um, higher fat, you know, full fat yogurts. That's why it's so easy for such small amounts of these to take up so many calories. That's why there's so many calories in chocolate. And, you know, when we're talking about tablespoons of olive oil and stuff, it looks like nothing, but it's what we call energy dense, meaning it's dense with energy. It contains a lot of energy in exchange for very little. So if you imagine, you know, for every 10 grams of fat there are in your diet, that's 90 calories compared to 10 grams of carbohydrate at 40 calories. Much of the time when I'll be working with people inside my the one-to-one group, um, during their time with me, someone might have a pretty high fat diet and it's not an issue when there's balance in the rest of their diet. So their protein is fine. They're consuming plenty of fiber. Remember, just to clarify, I don't just want people eating fiber. The purpose of me giving my guys a fiber goal is that it also comes with the encouragement that the fiber goal should be met mostly with plants, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes, etc. Because we're not trying to just eat fiber, we're trying to get the nutrients contained within the foods that have fiber. So rather than say, here's your vitamin C goal, here is your iron goal, here is your whatever else goal. Um, we just say, here is your fiber goal and here are pictures of and lists of foods that contain fiber because if you reach around 30 grams a day of fiber, 25, 30 grams a day of fiber and you meet that mostly with a varied range of plants, then you don't need to worry about the rest of it. You don't need to worry about the micronutrients they're called um, when we're talking about vitamins and minerals. We don't need to worry about those. It's it's like a blanket goal to cover all things rather than just go completely overboard and giving people vitamin and mineral targets. Get this magnesium and whatever else. Uh, So yeah, I can see straight away when we do this first check-in with people that just calorie count how unsatisfying and unfilling their diet is and you can completely understand why they've been over-consuming. Because you could be listening to this right now. How many times have you had your dinner and been hungry an hour later? You think there's something wrong with you. How can I possibly be hungry? I just had my dinner. But you are. And it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that your dinner was a plate of pasta. There was no protein involved. You didn't have any vegetables through it. It was just a plate of pasta with sauce. And yes, 
you managed to stuff yourself full at the time and your stomach felt pretty full. However, once your stomach emptied and your body starts digesting that and understands that, yep, there was nothing in here promoting fullness, let's tell them we need more food again. We need more sustenance. So yeah, fullness is not just about filling yourself up at the time. It's, it's filling yourself up at the time with foods that will continue to keep you full for hours after. And that is something that protein does brilliantly well, as does fiber. So let's get back to the point of why calorie counting doesn't work. Oh, do you know what? I did actually start touching on something earlier, but I got lost on everything else. Um, we'll do it at the end. So why calorie counting doesn't work? Again, you are burning 2,500 calories a day you are eating 2,700 a day because that's how hungry you are. And this is where you can get stuck in an endless feedback loop because what happens is your habitual diet is unsatisfying. So every time you feel hungry or the more hungry you feel, the more of this unsatisfying diet you're eating. Let's say you decide to start running or join the gym. Now you're burning burning 2,000 500 calories a day, but you're not making any changes to your diet. So you've got this increased hunger and now you're going to have this increase in the amount of calories that you eat, but it's this unsatisfying stuff. And, you know, you're, you're doing this exercise before, you know, you were burning 2000 and eating 27, you were in a 700 surplus. Now you're burning 2324 and now you're eating 3334 and you're in a bigger surplus. Um, so yeah, there, there are instances where your activity can start to work against you. And this is why we talk about nutrition and diet being so bloody important. People think that they can just go out and start running or doing couch to 5k and the weight's going to drop off. But the reality is if, if you start eating to match your new activity level, your weight's not going to do anything. So calorie counting doesn't work when people don't account for quality. In fact, What did I put on Instagram last week? Let me just check my phone. Last Monday, I think it was. There is. Calorie counting only works when you play the quality game as well as the numbers game. So that means that the numbers game being just counting the calories and things. The quality game being increasing your protein, increasing your fiber, eating more whole foods and reducing kind of processed foods and trying to promote a higher level of satiety to keep hunger at bay. So this is where people get it wrong. Let's go back to the 2000 calorie example. So 2000 calories burning, 27 eating. That person goes on to the internet, looks up a TDEE, total daily energy expenditure calculator, which calculates your calorie burn. They put in all their details and it comes back and says, you are burning 2,000 calories a day. Now here are some options for you. If you would like to lose one pound a week, you should eat 1,500 calories. If you would like to lose two pounds a week, you should eat 1,000 calories. And if it's a terrible calculator, it will say, if you want to lose three pounds a week, you should eat 500 calories. Let's just stick with a sensible option, right? So this person is now going to try and eat 1,500 calories. And this is the part I was getting to earlier on. This is the part that people don't think about. Yes, you are burning 
2,000 calories. And to lose a pound a week, you need to eat 1,500. Now, that sounds like a 500 calorie drop. It isn't. Because you weren't eating 2,000 calories. You were gaining weight consistently. You were eating more than 2,000 calories. In this example, I said 2,700. So this person is going to try and go from consuming 2,700 calories and gaining weight to eating 1,500 a day to lose weight. Now, how realistic is it going to be for someone who is already experiencing frequent hunger and eating consistently throughout the day to respond to that hunger to now eat 1,200 calories less? It's completely unrealistic. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. You will maybe manage it for the first couple of days. But once that initial wave of motivation and determination um, fades away, and it will very quickly because hunger always wins, always wins in the end, you're setting yourself up for failure. Now, remember, this is me talking about calorie counting, purely talking about calorie counting. Again, you know what, I should have said this earlier on, but Slimming World release statements and uh, blog posts on their website all the time, all the time, talking about Slimming World members. We compared so many people from Slimming World members against calorie counting, and the Slimming World members said that they felt fuller and lost more weight and whatever else, right? And they'll, they'll link, they'll reference the study. And then you'll take a look at the study and it's like, yeah, the people you're talking about, the people I'm talking about, were just calorie counting. Basically just trying to eat less. And so this is where Slimming World gets very, very, very sneaky because they're capitalizing on what people don't understand about calorie counting. So when they say that, they're not talking about people that are calorie counting and eating enough protein and eating enough fiber and looking after the quality of their diet. They're comparing Slimming World members to people that are just trying to eat less than their already unsatisfying diet, which is a disgustingly unfair comparison because people on Slimming World, as terrible as the plan is for most people, It does promote satiety. It does promote eating in a balanced way. And it does promote improving the balance and the quality of your diet. That goes without saying. There is, I think someone left a comment on my post about, you know, what it it is that Slimming World does versus what I do. And I said, oh, there's, there's not really anything wrong with the food that they encourage you to eat. It's the language that they use, the way that it's done, the fact that they want you to be a return customer for the rest of your life, how much crap you're fed, how much misinformation there is. The food itself is very similar to the things that I would encourage people to eat. But it's the way that it's delivered that is so incredibly, scarily, worryingly damaging. Anyway. Don't want to make this episode about that. But yeah, they they release these statements all the time trying to put down calorie counting by comparing it to Slimming World. And it's an unfair comparison entirely. So when it comes to calorie counting, an example I use quite a lot is 
I have people on 1200 calories, right? Because it's necessary sometimes if someone is in their 50s or their 60s, they're not particularly active. They might be around five foot, five foot one female. Their calorie burn will not be very much. They're only burning 17, 1800 calories a day, um, sometimes 1600. In those instances, 1200 calories is a perfectly viable number. It's not a blanket term for everyone. It's not a blanket number for everyone. You know, some people think there is some magic around the number and they just adopt this 1,200 calorie diet. But it absolutely does have its place far more often than people realize. So yes, I do have many people that will be on 1,200 calories. Um, and they will, you know, based on the, the support and guidance and information that I provide, these people will have breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks on 1,200 calories. And end the day satisfied. Now, that might not sound like a a big number to you. And it doesn't need to. It's a number for them based on their energy needs, okay? That 1,200 calories is resolving their hunger. They are making it to the end of the day pretty happy with what they've they've had. Remember, I am teaching people to live within their body's means. To eat in a way that both fuels and satisfies them and supports their health and their weight maintenance in the long term. Some people will be on 1,200. Some people will be on 2,000. It's completely individualized and tailored to the person and their circumstances. So remember that. How many calories someone else is on is of absolutely no relevance to you at all. So I have people on 1,200 calories that are having breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, even a supper. I put together a day of eating at 1,200 calories in a live chat that I did one day. Bran flakes for breakfast, Tuscan bean soup for lunch, some kind of chicken and vegetable dinner. There were snacks and fruit in between, and then there was even like half a tub of Halo Top at the end. A full day of eating at 1,200 calories. And the protein was like 90 grams, the fibre was like 42 grams. So it can be done, once you learn and understand how. And at the same end of the scale, think about a Domino's pizza. Less than half of a Domino's pizza would be 1,200 calories, depending on the pizza. But think about that for a second. You know, this is is a good example of energy density and eating to support hunger, right? You can have three meals a day plus snacks plus a supper at 1,200 calories, or you can have a few slices of a Domino's pizza the whole day. And it's a great example of diet quality. There's nothing wrong with a Domino's pizza, by the way. I'm just using it as an example to show you that you could have an entire entire day of eating for 1,200 calories, or you could have three slices of pizza and be hungry the rest of the day once the pizza's worn off. So we can't just play the numbers game. I remember years ago, somebody telling me, oh, I'm doing this new diet. It's 1,200 calories a day, um, but you can eat whatever you want. It doesn't matter what you eat, you'll still lose weight. Oh, great. So they eat chocolate and crisps and a couple of biscuits and then the calories run out and then they're fucking starving. It's great on paper, but not when it comes to real life and trying to stick to it. So this, in a nutshell, is why calorie counting doesn't work for most people. Because, and I want you to remember this part because it's the very, very important part. 
if your current diet, remember, diet being the things that you are currently eating, drinking, not doing, because that would be exercise, but the things that you're currently eating and drinking, right? Everything that you eat in a day, everything that you drink in a day, this coffee that I've got sitting here that I'm having right now, these things are part of my diet. My diet being the foods and drinks that I habitually consume. People often think of diets as just being something you do for a little while to lose some weight, but and then going back to normal, but that normal is your diet. So if someone is gaining weight, it's because they have a diet that exceeds their body's needs. And it's it's leading to weight gain because they're burning 2,000, eating 2,700. Now, the whole just eat less thing, the whole just count calories, just eat less, this is the part I want you to remember. You cannot take a weight gaining diet and scale it down to achieve weight loss. Meaning, if you are that 2,700 calories a day person, you cannot take those exact same foods and drinks and scale them down to 1,500 to lose weight because your hunger will go through the roof. Things have to change. The balance of your diet has to change. The quality of your diet has to change. And it works the same in the opposite direction. You cannot take a weight loss diet and scale it up the way to to achieve maintenance because you would explode. Um, I've got a few people checking in this week that have reached, they've reached their goal weights. You know, it's great. I'll do their check and I'll get to the bottom. They'll just be like, yeah, so I'm happy now. What, how do I, how do I stop losing weight? And it's like, yeah, so what we do is we're going to gradually change things and increase back up. But what I tell them is what I tell you that when it comes to reaching that point, it's not just a case of eating more in the same way that it's not just a case of eating less to lose weight. You have to start swapping things back in because, you know, if if you think of the example I used with the 1200 calories, if that person is getting to the day satisfied with what they're eating and I'm going to take them up to 17 or 1800 calories for maintenance, if they're satisfied on 1200, how are they going to eat five or 600 calories a day more? They would then have to be overeating and stuffed and uncomfortable to achieve that. So you can't scale that up. You can't just eat piles of more protein and piles of more fiber. You have to take a look at the things that you did to get into a deficit and start swapping them out. So when it comes to going from weight gain to fat loss, we're not just scaling the diet down. We are taking a look at the the higher calorie areas, okay? So someone might have a pretty high fat diet. Maybe they use a lot of oils or they eat a lot of cheese or they use a lot of high fat dairy. We could say, right, let's reduce this a bit. So let's take your regular mayonnaise and let's let's switch that over to lighter or even lighter than light. Um, Let's take a look at the butter you're using. Could we reduce that? Could we swap that over to a lighter option? Similarly with the cheese. Are you having a lot of full fat yogurt? Could we switch that to 0% fat temporarily? Remember, people say that diets have to be sustainable. That's bullshit. Diets don't need to be sustainable. They only need to be sustainable in the short term. And, you know, you'll see all these people like, oh, can you see yourself eating this way for the rest of your life? If not, you shouldn't be dieting like that. Then that's just fucking nonsense. There are extreme cases like things like keto, for example. 
we are. That's ridiculous. But when it comes to making simple swaps, you know, are you planning to eat like that forever? It doesn't have to be sustainable. The reason I said that about keto is that um, the minute you, that, that's like an extreme restriction where the minute you stop that extreme restriction, you're just going to start gaining weight again once you go back to normal. Um, in general, when it comes to sensible dieting, not ridiculous keto extreme dieting, it doesn't have to be sustainable in the long term. Because we, at the, you know, once you do get to the end, you can't sustain the way you've been eating. Because if you did, you would be in a deficit for the rest of your life and you would eventually fade away to absolutely nothing. So it only has to be sustainable until you've reached your goal. And then you can start to swap things back in again. And this is what I say to the guys that are now moving up to maintenance. I'm like, yep, you've done this on 1,400, 1,500 calories. I know you've been pretty happy and satisfied each day. Now we need to eat more. But it's not just going to be eating more. Let's think about, in the beginning, when you started to make some swaps, let's think about bringing those things back in again. Let's think about bringing back foods that you've maybe limited or removed entirely. People maybe stopped eating peanut butter, for example, because they simply just didn't have the calories for it. Now they can bring that back. They can bring back the full-fat yogurt. They can stop paying the expense for maybe lean mince or meats. You know, you can bring back the 10% fat or 20% fat, whatever it is. Um, you can ditch the fry light sprays and maybe go back to using vegetable oil and olive oil again. Things like that. And that is how we get back, that's how we get our calories back up again, by bringing back those foods. Not just eating more volume, eating more calories by increasing the energy density. So we're not eating more food volume, we're increasing the number of calories in the foods that we're eating. So we're still getting to the day satisfied but it's on more calories, enough to maintain our weight so we don't keep losing weight. And it's the same in the opposite direction. When it comes to fat loss, we are swapping things out and swapping things in to help us reduce the energy density of our diet, but increase the satiety of it. So we maybe take out bits and pieces when it comes to fat. We bring our fat intake down and that helps reduce your calories massively. Then we increase the protein sources we start to eat more fiber by adding more veggies to more plates where we can. And when you do that, your calories come down and your satiety goes up. So you go from needing to have 2,700 calories a day to feel satisfied to having 1,500-1,600 a day and feeling satisfied. And it's because you've addressed the balance of your nutrition, the quality of your diet. You're not just trying to force yourself to eat less which doesn't work in the long term and that is what slimming world are talking about when they are doing these comparisons they are talking about people that just calorie count they are not talking about people that are trying to improve the quality of their diet and that's why these are such terrible shitty comparisons slimming world people lost more weight than people that calorie counted of course they did the people that calorie count were starving after two days and then they were overeating and they never lost any weight. It's a stupid comparison. If they're going to compare themselves to someone, they should compare themselves to people that calorie and macro count. They should do a study where here is a group of people doing Slimming World, here is a group of people doing um, ca counting calories, but also making sure that they're consuming a high-quality diet. Then it would be an entirely different story. The, the, the roles would be completely reversed. Because the calorie counting group 
would be taking direct control of their diet, not just stepping on scales with their fingers crossed, hoping they've been hashtag on plan enough that week. Anyway, that's why calorie counting doesn't work. Because when people say that, they are talking about calorie counting alone. They are not talking about the things that I do with my guys. And that's what I I said at the beginning as well. You know, people go, ah, what about calorie counting there? As if, I don't know, they're trying to get my back up. Is it because they don't know anything about what I do? They just have seen it, some kind of perception from what they've read or seen online or whatever. Anyway, I hope that's been insightful and helpful and useful. And it gives you some ideas, you know, around why. I would actually be keen to hear from people if you found this helpful and if it's kind of helped you understand why you might have failed with calorie counting in the past. Did you just try to eat less? Did you download the MyFitnessPal app and just put your details in and go for the £2 a week option? And then you try to fill that with... There was... um. I'll give you another example before I go. I work with many people who already have an awareness of calories and they've already developed a low calorie diet and we will do you know we'll do the first check in and those people their protein and fiber and things will be very low but their calories will also be very low and you know when we do a bit digging and a bit more back and forth and like I'm really hungry I'm like, well, why are you not eating then? You know, we've set your calories to 1,500. You're trying to eat 1,100. Why are you doing that? And then we find out that, you know, they are like, every single thing that they buy is low calorie. They've not just swapped a few things out. Their entire diet is a low calorie diet. And in that instance, it's like, okay, do you really like lighter than light mayonnaise? Do you really like red milk? Do you really like whatever else? Well, not really. (laughs) Um, I would actually like to have that and I would like to have that. And in those cases, we're helping those people increase the calories in their diet, which also helps them improve the quality of their diet because a lot of these low-calorie products, they don't have much in the way of good nutrition in them. Um, So yeah, at the opposite end of the scale, not just with people over-consuming, but there are also people who have over years and years and years of yo-yo dieting, developed this default low-calorie diet that they hate and they don't even realise it. Um, And we're trying to help them come out of that and improve as well. So everything that I do, the way that I do things with people, someone reached out to me on Instagram and said, you know what, I've never dieted before, but it seems like, you know, most of what you do is specifically aimed at, you know, uh, serial yo-yo dieters. And I went, Yeah, it's pretty much aimed at that. However, if you have never dieted before, then my goodness, you are going to do brilliantly because when you don't have years of dieting, diet culture and diet club brainwashing to undo and reprogram, first of all, you can just skip straight ahead to the fast lane. You can just come in, read the stuff, do the stuff, do the the work, and then that's you done. You know, I I would love for... People, I call them, I think I said this in the last episode, I call them blank canvases. People that have, they they know bits and pieces, they've read stuff online, they've seen stuff in the papers, they have some ideas about sugar and carbs and fats, but they've never really taken much of it on board, they've never really delved into it, and they've not followed any particular plans or diets that tell you to 
to not eat this and not eat that. Um, and they just come in, they accept that you know what you're doing, you know what you're talking about, you're qualified to do so. They completely open themselves up to everything that you teach. Their check-ins go great. They reach their goal weight and then off they go with this new knowledge and this new information and these new habits. And God, they, they just... I wish everyone could be like that. I wish I could catch more people before they reach this yo-yo dieting stage. I've got a young guy in my group, Kieran. He has lost a heap of weight. He is 20, 21. And honestly, he's lost something like 35 kilos so far. I've not looked at his progress for a while. But I'm just... I'm so invested in him and so proud of him because he is so, he's at such a young age. And, you know, had he not came across me, getting a bit emotional talking about this, had he not come across me, he could potentially have gone down the Slimming World route or the Weight Watchers route. And what might the rest of his life look like as, a, as another unsuccessful Slimming Club member? You know, how much of the rest of the, you know, he's, he's got his whole life ahead of him. How much of the rest of his, of his life would have been spent in meetings and chasing weight up and down and all that crap, completely ruining his relationship with food. He's absolutely buzzing at every one of his check-ins. His progress is just insane. And once he does reach whichever goal he has in mind, he has spent all of the time with me becoming a version of himself that is never going to have to worry about his weight, eating, drinking, etc. in the future. Anyway, we'll wrap that up there. Um, yeah, I would like to know, reach out to me. Drop me an email, jason at monroenutrition.com. Instagram. Uh, I can't get on my, the Monroe Method one. I'm trying to recover it, but it's not happening because Instagram or Facebook it is that owns them are very slow at getting back to me. Um. So yeah, my main one, Monroe Nutrition. Drop me a PM or an email. Let me know if this has kind of helped at all. If it's opened up your eyes and maybe given you some kind of clarity on why calorie counting might not have, have worked for you in the past. Cool. Thank you for listening. Honestly, it still blows my mind that hundreds of people listen to these episodes each week. Um, see you next time for number 11.